welcome back to the She Illuminates the World podcast. This is Jocelyn, and today I am here with my friend Amy Simpkins, and we are going to be talking about innovation and creating change in the world. So Amy, I would love for you to get us started and tell us all a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for having me on, Jocelyn. I'm so happy to be here. Um, So yeah, let me tell you, I guess, a little bit about myself first and kind of where I'm coming from. And I guess I'll just preface this by saying, you know, why are we, why are we talking about innovation at all? Um, Especially, you know, if, if you as a listener are sitting here and you're like, innovation, like, I don't, I don't do anything like that, you know, um, and you, you have this very specific idea around what it means to be an innovator or to work in innovation, you know, you're thinking of like Henry Ford in the assembly line or Thomas Edison in the light bulb or something like that. And, you know, the bottom line up front is that I have come to believe that innovation is anytime we try to create change in the world. Um, or anytime we try to, I mean, like, forget, forget the world for a second. Like anytime we try to create change in our lives, um, we are engaging in a process of innovation and thinking of ourselves that way, um, has become very important to me personally as an individual. And it's also very important to me to bring that to community that's to say like, Hey, you you are an innovator. Like you, you get to innovate. Um, you get to have that title. Um, you probably do it every day without realizing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of freedom in it. So that's, that's kind of where we're going here and, and what I, the message I want to share. Um, but just a little bit about me and kind of how I got here. I think you would say that I took more of a, a classic path to innovation, I'm an engineer. Um, I always wanted to be an engineer um, from when I was a kid, um, you know, probably around middle school age. I fell deeply in love with science and math. And, um, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to explore uh, space. And, I, and I, I had a very specific and narrow vision of what it meant to like innovate And it was on that path. It was like, well, innovation means like science fiction. It means, you know, flying to different planets. It means the most cutting edge technology you can imagine. And and I did that actually. I I wasn't an astronaut ever uh, actually, but I did fly spacecraft. Um, I went to MIT. Um, I have two degrees in aerospace engineering. My mother would introduce me as a rocket scientist, which is accurate. I am actually a rocket scientist. (laughs) Damn right. (laughs) <laughs> I can own it. Um, and I worked in, um, you know, big corporate aerospace contractor, you know, for 10 years, designing, operating, integrating spacecraft, which sounds like super glamorous. And it is actually, there's, there's lots about it that is glamorous to say like, oh, we're going to go fly by a comet today. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of at the end of that I got about 10 years into that and I said, what if I wanted to do something different than this? And even having that thought was like a complete revolution (laughs) for me. Like, you know, and and I had a whole whole ton of self-doubt about that, about saying, 
you know, what, this is my, this is my dream job. This is all I've ever wanted. And I'm here and I'm doing this. And like, how can I possibly say that I would want something different? And of course this was, you know, 15 years after I first said I wanted to do it or 20 years after I said I first wanted to do it. And I gave no room for myself to change at all. Um, and so that, that was a lot of like working through that kind of on a, on a personal development level. Like, am I allowed to, to change what I want to do in the world? And um, so out of there, uh, you know, I, I ended up leaving my corporate job. I ended up leaving engineering. I thought I was leaving engineering forever. Uh, spoiler alert, I was not, but um, I, I tried to, you know, I started some businesses. I worked in consulting. I worked in coaching. Um, I've done a lot of different things. Um, a lot of experimentation along the way about what is it that I actually do want to do in the world now? And how does all of the stuff that I did before in my career um, kind of come into that? Um, so now what I do, uh, just to fast forward through all of the churn, just imagine years of churn of, of what I wanted to do and, and exploring different options. Um, I run a renewable energy consulting business uh, with my husband, who is an electrical engineer. So we're very nerdy in this house. Um, you know, we do a lot of innovative work around renewable energy. And I find that as a CEO of a very small company, I am using every single thing I have done in my entire career, uh, whether that's um, and the engineering part, the uh, management, project management part, the coaching part, the being sensitive to other people's needs part and the innovation process mm -hmm. part is brought to what I do now. And in addition to, you know, the career stuff, I have uh, three kids, they're five, eight and 10. And um, they are all very intense people as you can probably guess by just talking to me. Um, and we, we love to go outdoors. We love to um, camp, hike, um, ski. We live in the mountains outside Denver, Colorado. And so anything that happens outdoors and in the wide open spaces, we love to do together as a family. Um, and so life is very full and complicated and awesome. And I have always wanted to make a difference you know, that's, that's what has rooted everything from the very beginning. Um, it has been wanting to have impact in the world and do things in the world that we're going to bring change, uh, bring new knowledge, bring people together. Um, at the beginning, I thought that was going to be space flight. Um, now, and, you know, nowadays, I think it's going to be renewable energy, but it's more than that. And obviously I love, I love working in renewable energy because I love, the, the intersectionality of it, that it's about, um, it's about saving the planet and reversing climate change, yes, but mm -hmm. also it's about creating community resilience, yes, and like, you know, like we saw in the, um, earlier this year, um, when Texas had their cold snap and they had parts of their grid, electrical grid go down, um, distributed energy, renewable energy can, create more resilience in emergency situations like that. And that helps actual people. Uh, you know, there's elements of, you know, equ community equity and serving underserved communities with more distributed energy as opposed to centralized energy. So there's lots of ways we could geek out about energy. Um, 
but what I'm coming to is that um, regular people have this capacity to understand from their lens on the world, like change that could be made that could be helpful. And that's, that's kind of where I'm coming into now in my career. I have these, all these unformed ideas about how do we get people who are living in these areas, who lived through, you know, the, the Texas grid crisis and, um, and uh, the, the trouble that that caused and the cold that they experienced. And how do we learn from that in ways that we can move we can move large systems forward through the efforts of individuals. And so to me, that's where like innovation starts as sparks of ideas in normal people um, that then move larger systems. Yes. I love that the sparks of ideas in normal people that moves larger systems. And usually like the spark is that intuition, that inner knowing of, oh, this. Um, and there's a couple of things I wanted to highlight, but one, was like, we're all innovators. We're all change makers. And for you, it started out as aerospace engineering, which was absolutely part of being a change maker. And that's evolved. Like that has evolved throughout your career. And I think each one of us can really tune in and really identify like those parts of us that this is how I'm making impact. Um, this is how I made impact. Like when I was in high school, when I was in college, when I'm in grad school, my first job, second job and so on. And we're always learning and evolving. And so our impact is changing as we grow and we become more resilient and we keep on learning. And Amy, I would love for you to share um, and talk to us about like the different types of innovation. Cause I know we talked about like creating innovation from within a system and then creating innovation from like creating something brand new, which is something that I've looked at in my own career of like, you know, can I make change from within a company versus like, when is it time for me to start my own business and like to create something brand new and then hire new people? Yeah, absolutely. So there are actual, like these are, there are formal terms for this kind of out there in innovation land um, and um, creating change from within a system that already exists is known as incremental innovation. And so you're working within someone else's framework that's already there, but positive change is possible. Um, you see a, a problem or a challenge with what's happening currently and you say, how might we do this a little bit differently? And so you're working within the same framework. And by the way, this is just as an aside, anytime you're say, you find yourself saying, how might we do this differently? How might we think about this differently? You know, how might we do this better? Anytime you're in that kind of a headspace, you're innovating. Like that is the foundational question of innovation is how might we do this better? How might we do this differently? How might we get around this challenge? How might we uh, meet this, this level of complexity? You know, um, those sorts of curiosity questions are the beginning of any innovative process. So anytime, whether it's you're talking about like, you know, uh, a, pr a problem you're trying to solve with your kids in parenthood or you're doing something at work or whatever, like it's all innovative process. And that even just framing it like that has helped me 
And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But so incremental innovation is within a system. And then if you want to just like say this system, this whole system doesn't work for me anymore. And you want to just set that whole system aside and build a new system. That would be called disruptive innovation. And you may have heard the word either disruptive innovation or just being disruptive or a disruptor before because it's so hot right now. It's a very uh, trendy term to talk about disruptive innovation. And there are definitely times when like, and, and it's sort of like you're talking about Jocelyn, where you're like, um, I don't want to be work within the framework of this corporation or organization or that I'm in. I think I should just go start something new, start a new business and there start a new organization, start a new nonprofit. And there's always space for that. And there's always power in that, but that might not always be the most feasible answer. Um, And so, you know, before we get too obsessed because it's so trendy with disruptive innovation, we also can't forget the power that there is in incremental innovation, where incremental innovation takes a lot less energy because you already have a framework in place. And there, you know, constraints on a system don't have to be roadblocks. Sometimes the constraints on a system actually help you move forward better because they create a narrower path. And so, um, you know, Incremental innovation and disruptive innovation both have their places. And unfortunately, I can't give you a great formula as to like when each one occurs or when each one is the better choice. And that's part of the challenge, right? Is when you're sitting there and saying, I'd rather do this particular thing, or I'm currently doing this particular thing inside a company. How might I make a change from within this organization or gosh, I should, I should probably go start my own whole new business. Which should I choose? I don't have a formula for that. I don't think there is a formula. There isn't. It's, it's tuning into your wisdom, um, and really feeling like what is right for me. And uh, from what I've seen is like, you can be in one organization and for some people it's to stay there and to create change there. And for other people it's leaving and doing something completely different. And I can share my own experience is like, I, I started my own business and because I couldn't make change, it wasn't happening. Um, it wasn't safe. I tried and I just felt really called to, to do something different. And, um, and I look back on like my path and I had these ideas of starting a blog and of coaching early on. And then it just made sense for me to leave and to do my own work um, and to just start from scratch and then to build up. And eventually like I plan on hiring people and growing and creating something new, but that doesn't mean that we have to scratch the old system. I mean, I think there is like potential for old systems to change. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's, there isn't a formula. I think it's really like listening to your body and listening to your wisdom I think it's hugely intuitive. Like that is that is a that is a huge piece of the decision. But if you were going to bring it into like the intellectual realm, like if you find yourself thinking in terms of the framework, 
you know, and saying like, gosh, if it was my choice, I would build a whole new structure. Like the fundamental structure over here is flawed. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I think I know, like if I had my druthers, how I would build up this new framework, this new structure, that's disruptive innovation. Like if you are wanting to, to bring a new structure from the ground up, that's when you say like, oh, intellectually, I can identify this. I can, I can categorize this as disruptive and something that would be incremental would, would even be silly to talk about because, um, because I don't even want the framework. On the other hand, you know, another example, you know, just from tech, and I love taking examples from the world of technology and then being able to apply them in other domains like your business starting or in your personal life right so right, in personal life too I, yeah I want to just kind of go back to like it this would all be applied to like raising children or your family absolutely or whether to make a move you know of location wise or you know okay. exactly exactly and so think about um you know we're talking about you know obviously I'm in energy we're talking about renewable energy we're talking about how you get power to your house you know on the grid and stuff like that and you know we're moving from this centralized energy architecture where like there's a big coal power plant or a big natural gas power plant at a central location and then you have these big massive wires that take the the energy over long distances and then eventually it comes down to your house right? And moving from that to a more distributed architecture and saying, no, really, we want like, it would be better if there was like more solar power installations, but smaller that are in, in various locations. And it would be better if we had, you know, um, it would be more distributed and there'd be more renewables on the grid. And to a certain extent, you're talking about a fundamental change of framework a fundamental change of the architecture of the system to go from a centralized architecture to a distributed architecture. And you'd say, ha, huh, that's disruptive innovation. Let's just rip out the old system mm -hmm. and put in a new one. And you can probably, I mean, anyone who uses electricity can see that that is not possible. <laughs> like mm -hmm. there's no way we can just rip out the entirety of the old electric grid <laughs> and then build it you would be without power for months and that can't, you know, that can't happen. And so, and so now we come back around to, okay, we need to have a disruptive innovation happen in an incremental innovation style. Uh, How do I do that? And so that's, it's, a, it's like a whole nother level of, of thinking. And so I think that type of that type of realism, that type of realistic constraint can also happen in your career, in your business, in your personal life of you say like, yeah, I would really love to just leave this house and move to wherever, mm -hmm. Bali or British Columbia or Tasmania, or I'm trying to think of other places where people have told me they want to move. And like, but realistically that, that, total shift is probably not going to happen or probably or seems infeasible and maybe it isn't maybe there are false challenges that you say yeah I really could just pick up and go to this place and here are the reasons why that would be awesome and my intuition says yes and so I'm going to do it but 
you know, if, is there a more, are there more kind of fundamental constraints that are saying, okay, here's how I can create some of the life that I want within the framework I already have and move towards these other goals in a more incremental, gradual fashion. Like all of that is valid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would love to just chat a little bit more of like bringing it down to the individual level of like, you know, how do, how do we start? And I love that you said it starts with like asking yourself questions um, and like, how do we change the world? It starts with thoughts. Um, and you originally said like those little sparks of light, um, or I can't remember what your exact words were, but like, you know, how do I come back to like me and how do I create change? Because like, we need a lot of fucking change um, in the world right now. But like, let's just chat a little more on like the personal level of how to do that. Sure. So all, all innovation, no matter at what level you're talking about and in what domain you're talking about, has some fundamentally similar steps to it. And um, I, act, I wrote a book. It's called Spiral, a catalyst mm. for innovation and expansion. And it talks about innovation, the steps of innovation in the context of um, your technology, or product innovation. It talks about it in the context of business development, if you're like an entrepreneur, and it talks about it in the context of personal development. It's all the same. And you probably will recognize these steps. They're not hard. You know what they are already, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, it's The first step is, is inspiration, and that's the spark that you just talked about. Um, mm -hmm. That is the spark of the idea. That is the, and it could be the moment of, this isn't working for me anymore. Mm. how might I do this better? What do I need instead? Those sorts of questions. It could actually be the spark of an idea. I would really like to do this thing, do it this way, see it happen in a different way. Those are all sparks of inspiration. Inspiration is separate from the second phase, which is implementation. And implementation is an action step. And that's about, that's, so inspiration is about the ideas and the brainstorming and how might we, and, you know, kind of building it up in the ether of your brain. And implementation is a more of, no, really, no kidding. What action steps can I take to make this start to happen? And that might be building something. That might be um, making inquiries. That might be, you know, uh, making a more robust plan that might be uh, starting to set some incremental goals and actually like do the workouts or, you know, uh, build the website or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, just that, that action piece, that building piece is implementation. That's stage two. Stage three is investigation. And in all innovation is worthless unless we come back around and asks ourselves, how did that go? Yeah. <laughs> Did that really actually help me? Do I feel closer to what I thought I was headed towards? Um, and if, if it involves other people, whether that's your children, your spouse, or your clients, or your, the stakeholders of your project, or the users of your technology, whoever else is involved, did it work for them? Is it better for the collective whoever this miniature collective is. 
And that is investigation. That is where we gather feedback. We run some tests. We make sure that the thing we thought would work actually works. And it might not, especially the first time. And that is totally okay. And taking the mindset that you're, you're just innovating makes those experiments, especially the failed experiments, totally okay. Because it's totally mm-hmm. just part of the process. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love the term throwing something to the wall to see if it sticks. And if it doesn't stick, like, no worries. You were just doing you were just doing an experiment and you got an answer. Right. And then the fourth phase of innovation, I call it introspection. And this is a part that our patriarchal, like all action all the time world forgets a lot. And introspection is a time of rest, take a break from what you just did. Like you cannot be an inspiration all the time Mm -hmm. with a constant, that's exhausting. And you cannot be an implementation all the time where you're just building and building and building and building and building. That's cancer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. You need the introspection time where you step back and you, you take a rest, you take a break and you allow what just happened to be. And in some of some of the seeds of that inspiration phase often get planted in the introspection phase where you might feel like you're all in a muddle. Like you might say, okay, well, this part worked, but this part didn't. I don't know how to fix that. And it feels all very muddled and like you don't have any ideas about how to move it forward next. And to me, this is like the biggest time when remembering that you're in innovation, that's what you're doing, and that this part is allowed. The muddle is allowed. You don't always have to know the answer. You don't always have to know the next step. If you knew the next step, you know, the next 15 steps and you could see them all laid out in front of you, that you're not innovating. You're just following a process. Mm -hmm. And so making room for that place where you are quiet and you are also maybe confused is part of the process. And so those those four phases and the, the, the uh, important part to remember about the four phases, we've got inspiration, implementation, investigation, and introspection. It's not a straight line. Right. It's a spiral, which is yep. why my book is called Spiral. And I like it spiral because it's not, it is a cycle. Like it is a cycle and it goes around in a circle, but you're always making progress in what you understand, in what you think you want, in how you're fulfilling your desires, in how you're increasing your impact from when you were in high school to when you were in college, to when you were at your first job, to where you are now. Like you're always increasing in your impact and you're spiraling out. Mm -hmm. And so because we can put it into this, and I think a lot of innovators uh, that I've seen in tech will teach about this process, these process steps, and they say, these are the four steps, one, two, three, four, and then you're done. And they forget to say, and then you start over <laughs> and the cycle doesn't end because right. we're human and that's how we live. But if you start to put it into that cyclical pattern, now you see, oh, hey, wait, what other four phase cycles do I know about? There are a lot of Everything. Them. <laughs> Everything. Everything. 
only everything literally everything right okay so like the earth has uh-huh. springtime which is full of possibility and everything is available and it's just the the like potential high potential that's inspiration friends and then summer is the time when we bloom and like leaves come out and the flowers come out and everything is just vibrant and fertile and that my friend is implementation and a time of action and then we've got fall which is the harvest and that is when we do investigation and we say how'd that go for everyone is everyone happy is everyone full is everyone have abundance now like we're all good with that and then the earth goes fallow over the winter and all of the sap goes down into the roots and everything just waits and restores and gets ready for the next cycle of inspiration to start and you've seen it with um, you know, you got most most of you uh, out there listening probably are identifying as women. So you are probably cycling uh, with your physical bodies, mm-hmm. four phase cycle. The moon, we de- generally mm-hmm. define it as a four phase cycle. Like, yeah. where else can you see it? It's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what has been oh, fascinating to me in doing this work is that these these innovation phases were developed i'm giving my air quotes here for those of you who can't see me um, <laughs> by men uh-huh and they perfectly mirror the cycles that women live every single day and so this has nothing to do with you know innovation is not a man's domain and it is not a woman's domain this is a human domain mm. we are cyclical creatures masculine and feminine in fact i would say that like you know, we all contain masculine and feminine elements. We're all sh- constantly shifting between, you know, are we accessing more of our masculine tools or more of our feminine tools? Whether we're male or female or non-binary or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and that's what these cycles represent are fluctuations between various strengths and tools that are available to us temporally in cycles. Mm-hmm. And they, that's what enables us to create change just as the earth creates change through these cycles. Yeah. I love that it's spiral. Um, and if patriarchy is so like this whole hierarchy of like this straight line, like you keep on climbing or this ladder of like, okay, you keep going and one foot in front of the next one foot in front of the next, right? That's not how the universe works the universe like the earth is round like I was sitting outside of my backyard one day and I was like oh my god the world is round like (laughs) this stuff doesn't make sense (laughs) and and like there's no hierarchy of people being better or worse like we all have our space in the universe and like everyone's in a different place but there's no like ups and downs and whatever like there's no hierarchy but with the spiral it makes so much sense because it's like we are going in a circle and like we're learning and like we're weaving in and out and but ultimately we're spiraling around and so like as you get older and you're learning more like your spiral is going to expand out it's going to keep rippling out absolutely absolutely and what came up for me while you said that like the earth is round like i'm sure you've heard the phrase the shortest distance between two points is a straight line Mm. lies 
nothing is a straight line because the earth is round. Every single <laughs> move we make is on a curve. Oh my and God. <laughs> it's just hard to see it because the earth is large. And so uh -huh. the, you know, the radius is large. And so it kind of looks like a straight line. And so we're like, we'll just pretend it's straight. Right. And if you look at, at, you know, I come, I'm a rocket scientist, right? If you look at the paths of spacecraft in space, the shortest, uh, shortest path between two points is absolutely never, ever, ever <laughs> a straight line. It's always a very large curve. In order to move in straight lines in space, it takes so much energy that you would never be able to launch, launch that much fuel, ever. <laughs> you have to move on a curve because every everything moves in an orbit and oh all orbits God. are curves. And so like the shortest distance being a straight line is just it's a it's an approximation. I want to say I want to say something really dramatic like it's a lie we've been told. And it sort is. of <laughs> sort of sort of you know, it's an approximation that makes it easier. And I'm all for like models that make it easier. And this is something Jocelyn that like uh one of our good friends has told me before that like models are amazing until you start confusing the model with the reality. Mm. And that like, as long as a model is making it easier for you to understand, comprehend, move forward, then it's fine. But if you start believing that the model is actually reality, then you have a problem because models are imperfect. And that's, uh. you know, that's... <laughs> Like, hmm, I just said on Jocelyn's podcast that Newtonian mechanics in its entirety is just a model. Maybe it is. <laughs> like, there's so much we don't understand about physics and about how right. physics really works. Quantum physics, that's our and, next conversation. <laughs> and most of, most of what physics is right now is like, it's so dependent on gravity. Mm -hmm. And so all these things we think we know about straight lines like are just models. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have to end with a cliffhanger right there. <laughs> no, totally, totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm so interested in quantum physics um, and just learning more about the whole energy piece and so much of like all this woo-woo stuff is it's physics. It's really physics, um, but we're told that like, oh, it's witchy um, or it's spiritual and there's all this science. And again, it's the straight line. I'm taking that away with me. Definitely taking that one today. So Amy, anything else that you want to, to say that maybe like you forgot or it's coming up right now to our audience? Mostly, I just want to, you know, I want to reiterate that, like, first of all, I, I truly believe that you innovate every, absolutely every single day. And that that seeing the world through that frame can take a lot of pressure off. That like, say, telling yourself what I'm doing is actually innovative. And I don't, I'm not expected to have it all figured out right now. There's no prescriptive path for that. I'm trying to solve a new problem in a new way, my own way. But also I do want to, and we've talked about it a lot in the general case that like, oh, this is definitely applicable to your everyday life and to your parenting. And it is, but I also want to encourage you, dear listener, that, um, that you have the power to innovate more than you think you do, you know, in, 
innovate to solve real problems that are facing not just you on an individual level, but also in the world. And like, that's becoming a real passion of mine is to talk to, like I said at the beginning, talk to, you know, normal everyday people. Like you don't have to be Albert Einstein or Thomas Edison or Henry Ford, who by the way, are all men. Um, you know, that you have the power to make change, to have ideas, to implement those ideas, to test those ideas, and to bring other people um, into, into a framework that can change the world. And I, and I really truly believe that at my heart. And I, and I want to talk to more people to make change and spread the message that innovation isn't just the domain of some select few, that innovation is a human function. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So how can our listeners get in touch with you if they're wanting to have more conversation? Tell us, send us your contact information. Awesome. I am at amysimpkins.com and I use that website to talk about all the things that are turning my little nerd heart on. Um, You'll find some there on energy, you'll find some on entrepreneurship and you'll definitely find some stuff on innovation. Um, You can find the links to my book there and also... I have an upcoming podcast that's launching in fall of 2021 to uh, discuss specifically innovation around energy with um, women and gender minorities in the energy industry whose voices don't often get heard in the conversation. Amazing. So I will, I will post all of Amy's contact information in the show notes on Anchor. Um, so if anybody is like feeling this work and wants to learn more, definitely, definitely take advantage of that. Thank you, Amy, for being here with me and for this conversation. Thank you everyone for listening and I will see you next time.